0: Okay, start recording.
1: Maybe I'll do that was more stressful than I feel like it needed to be. Listen, so
0: I, I, <laughs> listen there is a giant light in my way, so I is. can't
1: see what I'm clicking. Well, if you want me to listen. click it, just let me know and no, I'll do No, I can click, click it. it. My
0: fingers work. I'm doing okay. good. How do I sound? I think you sound good. You look okay. good. Look at those waveforms. Well, everyone knows that
1: I look good. Well, no, I mean the waveforms that you're creating look good.
0: Yeah, but also the waves in my body when I jiggle look good. You so. know,
1: a lot of people listen to the podcast, so discussing how you look is kind of a neither here nor there situation. Well, I love <laughs>
0: describing how I look for the people who are just listening because I, they're probably worried, like, oh my god, does Matt Steele look Okay, as well, and don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, I look flawless. Uh, So it
1: was a close one because some weeks, some weeks, oh god, it's a roof of In
0: that old apartment that we had, when it was hot outside and my hair was drooping, and I just came from work, I did genuinely look terrible. Which one?
1: Not the one you're in now, the one before. Yeah, the one before. That one was, that was a hot fight.
0: That was a hot But That was also before we
1: had like lights. I know, we didn't really know how to make it look good, but now hey, to quote Mariah on Me, I Am Mariah, the Elusive Chanteuse, we make it look good. We do make it look good. Yes, featuring Stevie Wonder, only on harmonica. And I'm like, you couldn't get him on the mic singing? Well,
0: you know, sometimes people do that. Like whenever a song these days is featuring Elton John, I'm I'm always just like, oh, it's just gonna be piano. (laughs) Well, (laughs) That annoys
1: me though. We want to hear the vocal duet, the vocal feature. All
0: right. Well, I guess donate to them to pay them more.
1: I will. Donate to Stevie Wonder or Mariah Carey. To I Mariah think-
0: Carey, so she can pay Stevie I think Wonder she's more. She's
1: got the money. <laughs> if I were to guess, if I were to go out on a limb. She I'm sure it. if
0: you were like hey Mariah do you want a million dollars to give to Stevie Wonder to have some, show some vocals
1: on this yeah. she'd be
0: like yeah I'll take that million dollars and if
1: you want me to have a million dollars make sure to go to patreon.com slash two gay mats <laughs> and we'll get there so soon
0: so soon guys <laughs>
1: everybody and welcome back to Two Game Mats, the podcast. It's Matt Palmer. And it's Matt Steele. And we're back again another week, another Sunday. I feel like it's a nice refresh of the week. I I was thinking today that I think it's nice that we record this on Sunday. It's a good kickoff to the week. It lets us get all our thoughts, our feelings out into the world and then, you know, travel triumphantly into the future. Ah,
0: yes. Spoken like someone who does not work Sunday mornings. (laughs) Sure I might not Yeah but guess what Next week for some reason I was not scheduled To work on Sunday really? So I have like The whole day for you I mean, Guys next week On the podcast I'm gonna be so refreshed mm. I'm gonna be with it I'm not gonna be Confusing twinks Like <laughs> I usually
1: do I'm I gonna mean, be with My brain is gonna be Sharp and alert I'm and, excited for that
0: Yeah I'm gonna look The best I've ever looked
1: I also wonder like Could you be more energetic Though like That almost is worrying If you like have more energy At this time See when I am The most awake Is when yeah. I'm the most
0: calm oh. <laughs> See me when I'm yap, yap, yap really fast, it means that I'm Running on fumes <laughs> Interesting <laughs> Yeah So well, I'll take notes Just uh, So people are probably Listening being like Oh Matt Steele Must be tired a uh, lot Cause I listen to Ourselves sometimes And I'm just like Well you
1: shut the hell up <laughs> Hey you... we t- That's a podcast The whole point is That we talk
0: Yeah and I will say Like sometimes I listen To podcasts yes. Like the Big Brother Podcast I listen to Sometimes yes. Are you about to Shade a Big Brother
1: Podcast <laughs> No I love them all It's yes. just that
0: Sometimes I have to Listen to them At like 1.5 speed Cause I, and I'm like This is still really slow
1: My friend Ernesto When we like Were hanging out Somewhere was Had been listening to our podcast at like 1.25 or 1.5 speed and was like why the fuck is he talking so slowly? I'm like no that's that's the normal pace of me talking. If I talked at 1.5 speed it would be Tasmanian devil. Like it sure. would be no one would be able to listen to us for 5 seconds. Yeah, but it, we'd
0: still put on a great show. Absolutely. You would have but, no idea what the hell was
1: happening. And who cares? Who, but who cares? But who it's cares? Like, to,
0: to uh mention someone wonderful and dear who passed away, it it would just be the most ridiculous thing ever, mm. but uh but it would still be entertaining. I'm okay. I'm talking about
1: Peabody Herman. Oh yeah, I for, I actually don't have him in the news, but may, oh. may he rest. Well, oh, we will talk. We'll will talk we about talk it. About?
0: We'll talk about
1: it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's up to you. You have to bring this up back. Well, I mean, we can talk about up. it now. We'll Talk about it now. What's your history with Pee Wee Herman? I mean, I'm obsessed with it. Like well, Pee Wee Herman
0: is a classic. Like, yes. Like, and and seeing you know that he passed away was really sad because I've talked about this on the podcast before, mm-hmm. but um. I'm sort of finding that with comedy these days everything is about wit and yeah. wit and all comedians are trying to be like the prophet the the smartest one in the room mm. who like really thinks things about things differently and everything but Pee Wee Herman really represented a type of comedian who was just like no the the performance is the star mm. you know it doesn't matter what they're doing it's utterly ridiculous um, and you know while he was a very smart comedian and everything like still it was the performance that was what you were there to see right. you know? um um, and I feel like a lot of comedians don't do that these days. Everything is just like, oh, I have to be really smart and intelligent and right. with it. And it's like, well, no, like give a performance as well. You know, I feel like the last time that type of uh, uh, sort of character uh, c- style comedy was really big was in like the early 2010s with like YouTube. Mm, like the characters, like totally. the dare I say, m- m- I, m- you're m- going to say her name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, That's kind of like the last time I can think when it's like characters were
1: like the big style comedy. And even that wasn't like mainstream like P.B. Herman was. And so the fact that we lost Paul Rubens this week is very sad. I didn't grow up with Paul Paul Rubens or P.B. Herman specifically, but I knew of his importance absolutely. And you do always mention about how character-driven comedy is not given as much weight in a mainstream way. And like, I don't know, he was one of the last vestiges of that. And so, it's heartbreaking. I know a lot of people who grew up on his comedy and grew up on Pee-wee Herman. So, heart goes out to you. It's very, very sad.
0: Have you have you seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure? I have not. Oh, you need to watch Pee-wee's Big okay. Adventure. I mean, the entire time you'll be sitting there knowing you and how you watch those types of movies, you'll just, the entire time just being like, this is silly. <laughs> But like it, every single moment is filled with such life and right. such, such moments. Right. And like he fills everything, and it's just genius what he does and what Tim Burton does mm. with that movie. It's it's just phenomenal. So when did that out. out? Oh God, eighty like, six. Oh okay. I, I was say, thinking
1: early nineties, but you would know better than me. I want to say it's like eighty six ish. All right. Well yeah. Maybe I'll give it a watch because that's the thing is even if it's not my exact brand of humor, I like cannot. You know, discount the importance of Paul Rubens and yeah. the impo- importance of that character. So I would happily give it a watch. All
0: right. And I feel like Jackson would love P.U.P. P- yeah, P- I could see adventure. that. Yeah. yeah, I could see him. Ba- yeah, totally. Ba- into that, so. Matt Palmer.
1: Yes. Happier topics. Yes. What have you done this week? That's a great question. And I don't really know. I know that on Thursday, I went over to your house and we recorded some uh, 2K mats videos, including our uh, reaction to Halle Bailey's new single, Angel, and the video. It's very excellent. It's up on your YouTube channel if you want to watch us react to it. But either way, you should listen to the song, watch the music video because it's lovely it's a beautiful letter to herself as she's going through like the racist trolls that came to be around the time of her casting and the release of Little Mermaid Uh, and it's just a beautifully sung beautifully recorded song Um, And then Friday, uh, what did I do on Friday? I don't recall. But Saturday, I had a very lazy morning. Oh, no. Friday, we went over to our friends Joe and Tim's, hung out with them for a little bit and then came back here and we started watching a show called Heartstopper Season 2. I feel like more than anything that we talk about, I feel like I need to walk on eggshells when discussing Heartstopper. I have not watched the full season. We're about halfway through. Uh, I did refer to this August being conflict-free August because the Heartstopper was coming back. I will say, I'm not done with it. I'm sure in a coming week I'll have more to say, but I appreciate that... uh, Kit Connor's character's brother comes back into town and he's very much a villain. I feel like we're highlighting some people outside of the two of them that are not perfect characters. I feel like the Tau and L relationship hitting some bumps is conflict that I can grasp my teeth into. Am I wishing that either one of our main cast members had a flaw? Yes. <laughs> but I understand it's an important show for a lot of young gays who feel like they, you know, it's like if I had this TV show in high school, XYZ would have happened. And I give you that. I'm not asking for trauma. I'm asking for three-dimensional characters. For characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm being nice because I people were mad at me talking about our stuff. Well, I mean, well, we'll be, here's the thing. I yes. know
0: a lot of people who are, I know some librarians. Okay. I know some uh, writers who are very invested in, you know, novels for young people, yes. whether they're middle grade or young adult. Apparently they're, Amongst like writer groups and librarian groups Mm. and everything, there are a lot of complaints that young adult novels, the characters are like the protagonists are so flawless. Right. And and they're like, OK, that's nice because there are these characters that are likable and everything. But right. They're not getting kids to read because mm. they're not finding the characters super interesting. So right. I think that that's interesting that that's sort of translating into this show
1: for you. Right. And I, I have yet to see the show. I am open to con- I'm going to continue watching it and I'm excited to see where it goes. And maybe that's you know, maybe things will happen that will surprise me but there are just it's a it's a lot of montages set to pop music of two boys who are happily in love and that's lovely and wonderful and i hope it brings joy to a lot of people uh, on <laughs> Saturday, had a very lazy morning, and then we went to our friend um, Milo's one-year first birthday party, yeah. and that's our, our friends Brian and Blythe. Their baby Milo turned one, and we went and uh, had a party, and it was great. It was not just us, but there were other people there. There too. were other people. There were what other people
0: what there if too. like Milo just invited me and you? Hey,
1: that'd be great. I'd, I'm happy to be. You know, top two in Milo's life.
0: Oh, yeah, I'd besides say. Besides his
1: parents and grandparents his parents and family. Parents, you know. Like, you know, just friends.
0: Well, but you know, once Milo like leaves the nest, like it's going to be us two who are like the cool, the cool I like think uncles. We're, no, we're going to be so old by then.
1: We'll, we'll <laughs> still be
0: cool. I don't
1: know how cool an 18 year old would find us in 18 years.
0: 18 year olds sometimes find us cool unless like they find our like reputation review. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <then> they're not <laughs> then happy. They're
1: not happy with us. Uh, and then went to dinner with Janie. We had uh, Jackson and I went to dinner with her at a place called Home and it was great. Uh, and then today, just hung out a little bit, went over to Jackson's parents' house, swam in the pool for a moment, and then came back here to talk to you. That's beautiful. What were you up to this week? Matthew? Oh, God.
0: Still? I did a lot more editing, a lot of working. Yes. Uh, I went to, I got my final follow up uh, appointment with my doctor, the hand guy. Great. Uh, I essentially walked in, he looked at my hand and was just like, I can't even see the scar. And I was just like, is that good? And they were like, yeah, you can go. Great. And I was like, okay, great. I guess I'm off to see you again. I love um, that. so yeah, apparently like the hand is healing really well. Congratulations. So I know everyone was worried. I'm sure. Um, and yeah, I had the birthday party for Milo at, on Saturday yes. after work and that was really fun. Really lovely. It was great seeing, you know, a group of friends that we don't get to see as often right. anymore because we, you know, lived with them all in, in, Back in like 2012, 2013. Yes. Um, like years ago. And now they all have, you know, kids and right. and you know, live in various different parts of the LA area. And so yeah. it's harder to see them. So it's wonderful, you know, all getting together again. Absolutely. Um and so yeah, it was it was it was a fine week. That's good. F- fine. I stress fine.
1: Okay, fine. Did yeah. something bad happen?
0: Uh n- eh. Nothing. Okay. Truly incredible happened. Okay. Uh, the birthday party was
1: great. Yes, the birthday party was <laughs> great. The birthday was party great. was the highlight. Absolutely. there was also great food there. I was into those oh, my sandwiches. God. I loved every sandwich yeah. I had. Which was multiple sandwiches. Okay, should we jump into the news for idiots? Sure. I think it's time we talk about Lizzo. Uh, uh, Sure. Okay, Lizzo has been sued over the past week over claims that she created a hostile work environment, and there is a trigger warning here around sexual harassment. But three former dancers have filed a suit against Lizzo, her production company, and the dance captain, accusing them of sexual harassment, hostile work environment, religious harassment, racial harassment, false imprisonment, interference with prospective economic advantage, and other allegations. Uh, Apparently, they allege that Lizzo pressured one of them to touch a nude performer at an Amsterdam... Amsterdam club and subjected the group to an excruciating audition after leveling false accusations that they were drinking on the job. The suit states that Lizzo's after parties were routine and non-mandatory but also alleges that those who attended were favored by the singer and had greater job security. It goes on and on about what happened. There's a lot of discussion of like um a person who everyone knew was a virgin like having to participate in some of these Amsterdam activities of a sexual nature that they weren't comfortable with and um yeah so the suit when you read it when you read these TMZ articles when you read the claims it's very much like whoa Lizzo you have built your platform on being such a positive person and body positivity and the fact that parts of this are about you you know talking negatively about a a dancer who has gained weight and like it just it does not sit right as far as her brand goes like your Mm -hmm. whole thing people are rooting for you because you are supposed to be the beacon of love and light in pop music and to see these accusations written out in this way was disheartening and very shocking. Like, I don't personally believe this suit is probably going to amount to anything, but will her brand survive it? Is kind of my main question. Sure,
0: I agree. Um yeah, and then there are the story where she hired that like big lawyer who covers a lot of these cases. Yes. And at first, everyone was like, Oh, this lawyer represented. This person who everyone knows is guilty, this exactly. person who everyone knows Bill is Cosby, guilty. This person, this Chris person. Brown. Yeah, and, and she was like, Oh, this looks bad. But then other names came out that the lawyer also represented mm. who it turned out that like the case was won and mm. everything. So it's like, okay. It's I, I don't really know what to think of it because like I'm not there. Um I am like most stories, I Kind of can only really imagine that maybe the answer is really somewhere in the middle. Right. Like, I'm sure Lizzo has done things that are inappropriate for a boss to do with workers and everything. Sure. Um, to what extent, I really don't know. Right. Um, there also is the story, though, of the uh, the filmmaker, the documentarian, oh, who absolutely. spoke out, who was hired to make a documentary about Lizzo. Um, I find her name. And uh, she said she was there for just like a short period of time working with Lizzo and walked from the project um, and like walked away from I'm assuming a good deal of money Absolutely. Uh, because she was just like I refuse to work with this person. She is has displayed such toxic negative behavior and right. I refuse to to make this movie and it's like. Right. Okay, well, I, maybe there's some validity to that because I mean, what director who has like who is about to earn a whole bunch of money just to make a documentary about a musician mm-hmm. like you're like it must be really bad if you're just if you're choosing to walk away from all that money. On I that high
1: profile project. Her name is Sophia Nali Allison. She's a filmmaker and voiced her alleged negative experiences while collaborating on the singer's documentary documentary via social media in 2019 I traveled a bit with Lizzo to be the director of her documentary I walked away after about two weeks I was treated with such disrespect by her I witnessed how arrogant self-centered and unkind she is um Allison deemed the whole situation to be shitty and added my spirit said run as fast as you fucking can and I'm so grateful I trusted my gut Mm -hmm. and I will say just on you know the other side of the coin Two of the dancers who I assume are a part of this suit talked to TMZ in an interview that I as soon as I started watching it was like you should not have done this interview. I, know. I cannot believe their lawyer was sitting right there and I like couldn't believe that the lawyer advised them to do this because they were speaking in such vague terms of like there was always a feeling and like a feeling around the camp that if you were not a person who would you know be at Lizzo's beck and call or if you were not a person who always said yes to any of her requests or demands that you might lose out on future uh, job opportunities but it's like Okay, this is a case. I need you to talk less about the feelings and the ifs, ands, or buts. And like, were you fired because you did not do something in that Amsterdam club? Like, that is the sentence that's going to get people on your side. So that video circulating, I think, hurt their case a good bit. Yeah, you know? like
0: because lawsuits aren't won via feelings, right? You know, or like, oh, it, it was just kind of like an unspoken rule. It's like right. that's that's not you really need a anything. paper trail, man. It's not anything that anyone can grasp onto, right? But but I will say after because after I. Saw that interview I was kind of just like Oh wait And also Lizzo Was very vehemently Like right. in her uh, uh, Statement Just like None of this is true right. um, And so I, I'm not going to Like admit to any of it like, exactly. And so I was like oh, Cause you know Normally sometimes people Are like If I felt anyone feel If I made anyone feel Uncomfortable Like I apologize blah, blah, right. But Lizzo was just absolutely 100% like this is not true. And then I saw this TMZ interview and I was like, oh, well, I mean, well, what's going on here? Like, is Lizzo in the right here? But then I heard about this documentary filmmaker who has... Literally nothing to gain in coming forward with this information. She is not a part of any sort of lawsuit or anything. And so then I was kind of like, oh, well, maybe Lizzo isn't that great to work with. I mean, we might never know. Right. And I
1: don't don't think we'll ever know. I don't think Lizzo is going to have to pay out money as a result of this suit. I do wonder if her brand can bounce back from that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that people... Who wanted to love Lizzo for the reasons that they loved her as like a personality are going to continue to support her if they believe that she is you know the ringleader of a hostile work environment. I really don't.
0: Yeah, and I mean honestly, as a whole, like in general, and you know this about me, Matt. Yeah. Palmer, like sometimes when someone or something's brand is so positivity, positivity, positivity. Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> especially like capitalizing on um, you know people who. You know, are at the bottom of the totem pole, like capitalizing on their struggles and everything. I kind of always proceed with caution with those kinds of things, just because I'm like, I don't like how we're sort of capitalizing on this sort of thing when there are like people who struggle with, you know, their body image and like genuinely struggle with this sort of thing. And so, yeah, I, I always am very hesitant to be in love
1: with that kind of thing even
0: though it is overall like a positive thing absolutely I still kind of have questions
1: right and to make your brand be so ultra positive and so ultra uplifting and so like everybody is beautiful and everyone is beautiful like to make yourself the spokesperson for positivity not to you know feel bad for Lizzo but like it feels like a lot of fucking pressure like sure, because if you do something like this if you behave this way behind closed doors it'll bite you in the ass more than it would if you were if your personality or persona was like I'm kind of like a diva like Mm -hmm. then this kind of brand issue would not be a problem but to have built yourself on I am kind I am good I support all people people, all sizes, and then it looks like you don't. There's so, there's
0: don't. fewer room for mistakes yes. to be made, you know, Absolutely. and obviously like Lizzo made, so I think Lizzo was probably learning from this uh, that, you know, I shouldn't be close friends with my dancers. That's the thing. You know, I, feel- I am their boss, right. I shouldn't, and I don't that's something it's it's kind of a hard thing to balance because as someone's boss, you want to create an inviting, happy, sure, close-knit community that you're working with and everything yes. and have it feel like a family and everything. But then you sometimes
1: get yourself into trouble right. and like, it's,
0: with stuff like that.
1: And I feel like in entertainment there's a lot of blurring of that line, but mm-hmm. like the general rule is like no matter what you work for, who you work for, what company you work for. You're not at a family. You're at a job like this. You guys are both getting something out of each other. And having that line be as clear as day is always, in my opinion, the safest work environment to be in. So, yeah, she should have friends that are not on her payroll that, you know, are not – I don't know, that don't need anything from her and she doesn't need anything from them. Like, have people that you can group chat about – like for girls, friends in other countries that you can talk shit about, talk about things of a sexual nature. If they're your employee, there needs to be a line, even if you're in entertainment, even if you're like a giant pop star. Yeah. You know? And
0: I mean, I do understand that that might be hard just because you are with these people 24-7. Sure. are like touring with them and everything. You probably feel lonely and, and so these are the only people you
1: have in your life but still it's something to
0: think about in the back of your head. That's
1: why you gotta yeah. get that Apple Vision Pro and then it'll be like your friends are in the room with you.
0: I, d- <laughs> I don't know if that's the healthiest solution. I think
1: that's the solution. I think um, I cracked it.
0: I think I cracked it. You cra- You definitely cracked I think you cracked the code for all of us living in a problematic future society. I did. Yeah. Apple Vision Pro. Who needs real friends guys? No.
1: You can find them all in the metaverse. Um, I also love that as this is going on all of these new stories pop up about, like, Taylor Swift has given $100,000 bonuses to Eras Tour truck driver. She's a, supposedly given around, like, $50 million worth of bonuses to people on this tour, which makes me think, like, how much fucking money has she made? But, I oh. mean... You know who loves those damn
0: clocks besides the, the Swifties and the <laughs> oh. teenagers, those truck drivers. Absolutely. They are like, thank you for buying those clocks. I know. Kids. You'll buy the
1: clocks. You are sending my kids to college, and I appreciate yes. you.
0: Uh, did you see what Stephen Amell said? I hope I don't <laughs> sound ridiculous. I have no idea who that man is. <laughs> he could pass by me down the street and I wouldn't know a thing. Wouldn't
1: know a thing. And I think that's valid. I think he was arrow on the CW. Like he okay. is a uh TV superhero of some kind. And I want to say Arrow, but I'm not completely sure if someone correct me in the comments if you know. Uh, But he said, quote, I do not support striking. (laughs) This actor says he doesn't support the WGA SAG after strikes. I do not support striking. I don't. I think it's a reductive negotiating tactic. And I find the entire thing incredibly frustrating. And he's saying this at a convention where he's already crossing over the picket line to do because you shouldn't be doing that promoting any of your earlier work. I believe he has since walked this back somehow and been like, of course talked to who else? TMZ to announce to all of us that he's going to be taking a step back and taking a break from the public eye. And it's like, guys, buddy, we weren't thinking about you at all. You did not need to put your two cents in. You were already doing something stupid by being at a convention promoting Arrow or whatever the fuck you do. And you're you don't need to be you're not just fighting for yourself there are other people in the WGA and SAG who are not as successful as you and those are the people you need to be fighting for if you think about someone besides the person in the fucking mirror maybe you'd see that
0: oh yeah and and he's like i find it incredibly frustrating it's like yes strikes are frustrating that's they're designed the point. to be frustrating and kind of miserable right. and that that's that's why they are affected that's why and that's also why they're a last resort as well um you know what i'm just not thinking about it. I'm just not because it's like sure. As a SAG member, he is, I guess, allowed to have an opinion. There was a vote, and two percent of the people who voted sure didn't want to strike. And so you know, do what you want to do. I guess I don't want to hear it. <laughs> But I'm just not thinking about it. I mean,
1: if yeah. he was if he was saying this privately or saying this yeah. summer, but like to do it so to publicly, do it publicly and at a convention that you're not even supposed to fucking I know, be at. It's like,
0: girl, no, no, not not a wise
1: decision. No, but, you know,
0: he's walking it back. The thing
1: he's, is, he's, if you know. I'm scared of Fran Drescher, he should be too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um. So Joey Bragg, who I'm not sure who that is, but he uh has said that the Disney Channel would reboot their shows under different names after the third season to avoid paying 100% of the WGA rate. They had a deal where the first three seasons of a show, you get paid 88% of scale, so that's like 88% of minimum wage, pretty much. Um, And then uh, we were "Live and Maddie for the first three seasons, and the last season was "Live and Maddie, Cali-style. So apparently this happened on several shows, like the Jonas Brothers show, or I think Hannah Montana became Hannah Montana forever. And it's just like... I guess you always know that Hollywood is, you know, a cesspool. (laughs) No, no offense. But to hear the specifics during this strike has truly been disheartening for me as someone who's not in that industry.
0: Oh, it's fucked. Like, what the hell? And I can't believe because, you know, these shows are pretty old. I'm surprised that like it hasn't been discussed. I know. Like it's just coming to light now that like all of these details. Right. Yeah.
1: See about the Jamie Foxx thing. I did. So, Jamie Foxx posted a cryptic Instagram post, and people, including Jennifer Aniston, believed it to be anti Semitic. Uh, and Jamie Foxx posted, They killed this dude named Jesus. Uh, what do you think they'll do to you? Hashtag fake friends, hashtag fake love. To me, I mean, I understand that it could be confusing for people if you are just. Not seeing the hashtags, but to me, it's like, oh, yes, that means someone close to Jesus stabbed him in the back. That's the illusion I'm making. But in this time of a lot of anti-Semitic rhetoric, maybe people are sensitive and nervous and want to make sure that things are not anti-Semitic when they're being said. And so... He got called out by people apparently and Jennifer Anston was getting enough hate to say, hey, by the way, I didn't like accidentally or on purpose this anti-Semitic post. I don't support hate of any kind, X, Y, Z. And then Jamie Foxx came out and was like guys, this was in no way meant to be anti-Semitic. I would like to apologize to the Jewish community and everyone who was offended by my post. Uh, I was betrayed by a fake friend, and that's what I meant with they, not anything more. I only have love in my heart for everyone. I love and support the Jewish community. My deepest apologies to anyone who was offended. And to me, I believe that. Like To me, I don't think that was the aim and the angle of his post. Obviously, we are very anti any sort of hate, anti-Semitism included, but the immediacy to bandwagon before he had a chance to say his piece and clarify is kind of upsetting. And you know, I hate coming out against Jennifer Aniston because I, you know, you know how I feel about friends. But she should have just shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the thing is, I imagine Jennifer Aniston because it showed that she liked the post. She might have done it accidentally. I, I don't know. And so right. people were probably coming for her. Sure. So she was quick to be like. I do not support this. I do not support this with probably not thinking like, Oh, am I kind of throwing
1: Jamie Foxx? Who (laughs) she
0: probably doesn't know under the bus. I know her. he
1: dated uh, Katie Holmes. I could see Katie Holmes and Jennifer Aniston in the same circles.
0: Okay, yeah. sure. Um, so she probably was immediately just like, I need to defend myself without mm. thinking like, oh no, I'm throwing Jamie Foxx under the bus <laughs> with this. Um, and so, I don't know. I think Jamie Foxx did the right thing and like yes. immediately was just like, hey, sorry, I, I really didn't mean anything by it. Yes. I don't support anti-Semitism. That's that. And that's yes. completely understandable. I, I don't know. I, I don't see any... Uh, problem with that. Right. But people people just want to still continue to belabor and be like, no, he actually did mean it or no, he shouldn't have apologized. It's just like, guys, like he posted something that could have possibly been taken a certain way, he right. realized it right away, and he was just like, I didn't mean it that way. Yes. Point blank, period. Like- exactly.
1: I do, I mean, maybe, call me naive, but I do believe it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. I understand uh, J- Jewish community has been attacked so much recently that of course you're going to be sensitive to that kind of thing. Yeah. But like you said, I appreciate that he came out, apologize, that that is not what I meant by that. And... I don't know. I just feel bad for the guy also because he had such a scary health situation recently mm. and is just recently getting back on his feed. I feel like he posted a selfie video of himself and people were like, you've been cloned. You look different as if he didn't like almost die and it's like what the fuck is wrong with people like leave Jamie Foxx alone I guess is my my point sure yeah
0: I think this is also kind of a lesson for you know everyone and celebrities in general it's just like you don't need to post everything you're thinking especially like your personal like drama if something Mm. bad is happening like don't be so quick to post like not to I I know I just talked you know shit about people who are ultra positive but it's kind (laughs) of like I don't know Try to be a little more. Oh my positive God! On Steals media. in this
1: degenerate era. I, I, I can't sorry. believe
0: this. <laughs> but, but you know, it's like the stuff that's because, especially, no one knows what's happening in your personal life. Like they're gonna look at that post and be like, "What is he talking about? Like what is what is this deal with fake friends and everything?" So. I don't really know what you're accomplishing by sort of
1: airing that. Look, this man online. is sick. He, yes, has a, he has some feelings. He's going through Post about it. But I guess try to post things in a way that makes it clear that it's not hate speech. <laughs> <laughs> Which I... It's doable. I understand it wasn't, but there was some clarification needed. So just aim for when posting. Make sure that what you're posting could not be misconstrued as hate speech. Well, the thing right?
0: is everyone has blind spots everywhere. Everyone's yes. gonna step in it. Yes. Uh, everyone's gonna do stuff without thinking, so it's completely understandable. I can completely like
1: empathize with that. You know who I can't empathize with? Uh-oh. Donald Trump getting indicted for the third one. I time. know I can't empathize with that. I've never been indicted never three been in- times. Me neither. I don't or think once. any other president has. Oh, oh crazy. Wow. It's Seem what a criminal, <laughs> just what a criminal. And this minister society has been charged with conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. Don't know how those are different, but I'm not a lawyer. Conspiracy against rights, uh, and Judge Chutkin will be presiding over the Trump case in DC. She is a Barack Obama appointee. I Just want this man behind bars. I really do. And like I'm hopeful that this time these allegations are I feel like every time he gets indicted, they just become more and more serious, the allegations. And so the fact that he is still, after all of these indictments, like the clear Republican front runner. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, people? Like I and it's like, I get it. Ron DeSantis has the chemist has the like. Charisma of a paperback. like he's literally the least charismatic person he moves like a robot there's not like if Trump's whole thing is like cult of personality Ron DeSantis has none of that
0: Ron DeSantis always looks so nervous
1: he's a very nervous looking person he doesn't inspire confidence I mean but they're both you know on the ballot with their hateful accusations so you'd think that would be enough to be like huh maybe we should go to the person who maybe won't end up in jail maybe the person who's
0: at least like somewhat presidential
1: ugh no (laughs) (laughs) neither of them are presidential that's what I'm saying Like, (laughs) like
0: Can't we find a a candidate or not? We, I'm not a part of this Uh, primary in the slightest. Can't they find someone who's like at least somewhat presidential, like who can at least put on the role and act it
1: relatively well? But it's like they now know the bread and butter of the Republican Party is the hate. Like Mm -hmm. they need someone whose whole basis, the core of themselves, is hating other people. And so, how are you going to find a presidential person with that kind of core? Y'all have a have a
0: problem. <laughs> well, I wish the mm, I'm not going to even America say it. America has a problem. Topic. America yes. has a problem. And it's
1: y'all. <laughs> it is fucking y'all. But in Canada Things are okay, but a little heartbroken for Mrs. Justin Trudeau and Mr. Justin Trudeau as they have announced their separation. Justin posted to his Instagram, uh, Justin Trudeau, Hi, everyone. Sophie and I would like to share the fact that after many meaningful and difficult conversations, we have made the decision to separate. They remain a close family with deep love and respect for each other and for everything we have built and will continue to build and for the well-being of their children. They ask for their respect and their privacy. Sad. Could this
0: thing happen in America? What? <laughs> like a, like a president or a prime minister or whatever. Right. Um, a head of state of sorts, like getting a divorce while like, in office. While especially it while in office. It would be the
1: hugest news. Because sure. it's like we still have that puritanical shit like running yeah. through our veins. But to me it's like I mean, I obviously don't know what's going on in the Trudeau's household, but if people aren't happy, like it's going to be better for all involved if the separation occurs.
0: Sure. And I would want my prime minister or president to be as, uh, have no stress. So if (laughs) there is, if there are rifts, if there's a problem, if there's like trouble in paradise, it's just like, okay, let's just like separate so we can concentrate on the country. Yes. And you know, so he's like single now. Do you think I could be like first lady of Canada?
1: You should give it a go. You know, guys, Pete Davidson hasn't called yet. So exactly. (laughs) You're free. For Justin Trudeau, what, wouldn't that be wild?
0: If I became the first lady of Canada, it, w- it
1: would be wild. I <laughs> do mean, you, oh, do you think I
0: could get on Big Brother Canada? Because I would have to like be a dual citizen, probably, and then I could apply for Big Brother Canada I, and be the the winner of Big Brother Canada. I don't know, fourteen. Th-
1: I don't think Justin or like the other people involved in the you know prime ministry would be thrilled about you going on Big Brother Canada listen, with live feeds. Can- Canadians are very open minded,
0: okay. and I think they'd be down for a first lady, aka me. Being being on their Big Brother franchise. Well,
1: you know, it's good to dream the impossible dream, which this, it seems like you're doing here tonight. This and I is, love that. This for is you. how I get
0: on Big Brother Canada okay. cuz Big Brother USA definitely doesn't want my ass. Uh,
1: you t- but keep trying. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Um a follow up to last week apparently Bethany has gone Public with an actual lawsuit against NBC Bravo. Um, they are being accused of subject, subjecting. Their reality starts to grotesque and de- de- depraved mistreatment. A strongly worded letter sent by legal eagles, Brian Friedman and Mark... G- Garagos? I don't know how to say his name. To NBC's Bigwig Council, and obtained by Page Six, accuses the networks of making deliberate attempts to manufacture mental instability by plying their talent with alcohol while depriving them of food and sleep as well as denying mental health treatment for those displaying obvious and alarming signs of mental deterioration. The letter also accuses Bravo and NBC of distributing and or condoning the distribution of non-consensual pornography and calls out the distribution of revenge porn, though it doesn't go into specific details. Supposedly there are 80 reality stars behind this willing to tell their tales and I must say in reading that paragraph the discussion of revenge porn gets me thinking of Raquel on Vanderpump Rules because when that story broke with the night it happened when Ariana found an illicit video on Tom Sandoval's phone Ariana sent it around to the rest of the cast Mm. and I can think of no other Bravo related like, revenge porn thing. And the thing is, by the time it aired, the nature of what was on that video was taken out of the episode. The fact that it was shared amongst the te- the cast got taken out of the episode. It just was like, and I saw a video, and it was like a very weird cut. Mm. So I feel like the, uh, Raquel is not see, uh, filming this next season of Vanderpump Rules. And my theory is that she's a part of this lawsuit that Bethany and others are coming against Bravo NBC for. I just am wondering how this is all going to shake out. Yeah, damn. It's cuz now I'm just I'm like rooting for Raquel. I mean, <laughs> like I, it's like that's 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 wrong. wrong. And I it's like there are everyone has many layers. I don't think she needs to be back on the show and yeah. I think what she did to Ariana was evil. Of course. But if
0: but I'm hoping justice is served in this lawsuit.
1: And, but it's also hard because Bethany is behind it and Bethany is so fucking self serving. I like, have mixed feelings about the whole thing. It's like there is a kernel of like, this is the right thing, Bravo and NBC Universal, And also, by the way, they're not the only ones that build reality shows like this. Like, I feel like so many companies are guilty of this kind of thing. Uh, all of that should be discussed and uncovered and unearthed, and everyone should be treated fairly. And you know, I feel about safe work environments. I was just saying. Um, so I think that's good, but I also, it's hard. It's like all the players in this have their hands dirty in a way. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wonder how it's going to all shake out. So everyone stay tuned. We'll see how it goes. Um, I, I saw that Zoom has asked its employees to return to the office for the first time since the pandemic. I mean, um, h- hilarious. <laughs> like, that's so ironic. So funny. I read it and apparently it's only two days a week and as someone who went back to his office for one day for the first time in a year and a half to two years, I got to say, I don't want it (laughs) to quote myself in my 2021 release of I don't want it. I don't want it. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I just I can do all of my job from where you're seeing me right now sitting at the desk or is the desk that we're looking at now is the desk I work at every day. True. And going back in the office would truly do nothing for me. So
0: that but that's true for you. For me. For me absolutely not well, I mean, put me yes. in that office oh you want to? Be i need to like if i am working on something i need even if i'm working on my own creative stuff yeah i have to go somewhere else to mm. do it like i am someone who enjoys being out there like i would not be able to work from home so i mean right. different strokes for different folks if zoom i guess is noticing like unproductivity in some aspects of the the work I guess maybe they'll they can try it out and see if things get better. It's only 2 days a week. We'll see what happens.
1: I don't know. I just, I just hope no one that is making the decisions at my job is looking at that story because, babe, I'm not coming in. I'm not coming in. <laughs> babe, I'm not coming in. I'm not coming, I'm in. Not coming in. And I'll, like the people I work with most of the time are not even in LA locally. Like I work from people with people who are international. So it's like f- for what? For what purpose? Yeah. <sighs> for the
0: free snacks. You said you had free snacks. I do like in that, the those If I worked in an office with free snacks, I would be
1: there. Overnight. I, look, I like the snacks. I went in for the free lunch, but you know, there's only so much food I need. And then at some point, being able to roll out of bed and be at my desk at nine a.m. after rolling out of bed at eight fifty, like that's the dream. I would take free food over anything. No, I wouldn't. You would. I don't. think yes. I've, I've seen you turn down food that was free, like maybe three times mm-hmm. in the like decade plus I've known you. Oh, you
0: should see me at. The, I was the last one there at Milo's birthday party, and there were so many extra bags of chips and everything. And Brian and Blythe were just like, "Do you want a couple bags of chips?" And I was like, "No," and they were like, "Yes, you do." And I was like, "Yes, I do." And I just like took a bunch of those little fun size like bags of chips. I don't know where I'm going to put them because I don't have any cabinet space, but I guess I'll just have to eat them. I mean, you also can say no. No. Free free chips? Get out. Free snacks? You're just a girl I'm, who can't
1: say no. I'm just a girl who can't Look say no. Look at me, no. musical reference.
0: I'm obsessed with the fact that you just made an Oklahoma reference. I'm telling you. Oh, I'm, Two, Two Gay Nats has done so much for really you. It really has. Oh, God. I, I've grown. We've all grown so I much. I can't wait until we listen to Carousel together, and you can quote Carousel.
1: Oh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you saw that Barbie made a billion dollars. Yes. Congratulations to all involved, especially the writers and actors who should be paid fairly. Um and lastly, I just want to say, RIP, rest in peace, Angus Cloud. Star of Euphoria. Um, how old was he? 25? 25, 25. I want to say. It's just devastating. And he was dealing with the loss of his father, mm-hmm. I want to say. And uh, it all signs are pointing to it being an accidental overdose. It's just very, very sad. Like, you never – and I guess you never know what's happening with people and what they're going through. Like, just – I mean, not to, again, pull an Alan DeGeneres. the generous – Everyone should be kind to each other because we're all going through our own shit and we don't know what's going on. We don't know. Tomorrow's not promised for anybody mm-hmm. and it just is it just was so sad to hear and um, I hope that everyone who knew and loved him is grieving safely and I'm so sorry for their loss and the loss of a great artist like he's so good on that show. We could have seen him do so many more things. It just he is Excellent on Euphoria, he is is
0: so—he's just such a real presence. He's such a natural character, and it just—he—he really, for such a a show with such a ridiculous premises, like these, like these teenagers are doing these the most absurd things. Right, he, even though he's such a a big low key character. Like he's such an absurd character in a way. Like he still feels so grounded and his, his performance just feels so authentic. And I, you know, this was his first acting gig, you know, and, and sometimes like that, really reads well on screen where right. it's just like, oh no, this is just a real person mm. and this is how they are and and that really is what draws you into the show and into the characters. And so I just wanted to shout out his performance on Euphoria. He really, really was fantastic
1: on that show. And I yes. just
0: it's it's so sad. It's you
1: devastating. Know. Devastating. Um so is there any other news for idiots you want to share with the people?
0: I don't think so. I feel like news for idiots the last several weeks is like, oh this person died.
1: I mean we have to talk about it. It would be ridiculous if we didn't discuss right it like would be ridiculous we, we I, everyone deserves to be given their flowers even in their passing and uh, you know it's not the happiest news but it's news that we're going to get through together okay All well right? it's good
0: that we're taking a break
1: yes so we can reflect right well be, we'll be right back with more two game ads the podcast
0: guys in the chat we were trying to figure out yes who my future husband will be sign I, wise sign <laughs> well well the way to get to that is to find out what Geminis are compatible with right um and so we are gonna find out from Matt Palmer. He did are. the research and he's gonna reveal it to me and I'm gonna list off every man I know who is that sign.
1: Okay, great. Compatible signs. Generally, the most compatible signs for Gemini friendships and romantic relationships are fellow air signs Aquarius and Libra. Tony Braxton's Libra. Okay, I'm uh, looking up famous Aquarius men. Okay, as they'll have an innate understanding of Gemini's mental nature. What okay. Fire signs, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius are similarly energetic and can match well with our Gemini friends. You want to know who's
0: a famous Aquarius? Who? The weekend. Oh, what if no. I marry uh, the weekend?
1: I won't be at that wedding. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna do a speak now. <laughs> wow! So I will not hold my damn peace. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't marry that man. Uh, Gemini's tend to have less in common with water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. While water signs crave emul- emotional connection and comfort, Gemini's need movement and stimulation.
0: I give emotional connection and comfort.
1: Gemini, is a the, little
0: too much <laughs>
1: Gemini is the chatty socialite of the yeah, zodiac that's me this mutable air sign can teach us all how to be our most curious and social selves yeah that's very you oh
0: especially like if I'm like dating someone I'm like I will tell you everything about myself everything yeah. I'm thinking everything I'm feeling I love that and they're usually just like go to bed <laughs> you have a lot of feelings you gotta get it out I tend to overwhelm that's okay you know it
1: is fine it, someone's gonna love that it
0: is what it is absolutely but Matt Palmer, yes. what
1: else will the people love? The people will love our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com 2Gay Mats, we were just talking about how we are reviewing uh every single Beyonce album in order because we reached 100 patrons. Thank you so much for the people who are there now. If you want to and our Dangerous Thing in Love review is going to be up by the time this podcast reaches your ears. So that's very exciting. And if you'd like to see more of those videos, if you'd like to chat with us on the Discord, if you'd like to just get bonus and full replays of our album reactions, become a patron at patreon.com slash 2 mats. And if you just love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, find 2 Gay mats on your favorite podcatcher and give us a five-star review. We only accept five-star reviews, unfortunately, so if you have a four or below, keep it to yourself. Oh, those Write buttons don't
0: work. The four-star button it's doesn't so work. so weird. We just turned Crazy. them off because,
1: you know, irrelevant. So, thank you so much for listening. We want as many people to know about the podcast and the Patreon as possible and we appreciate you for being
0: here. Thank you so much. And you know what else we appreciate? When you send us email my heart questions. Yes. This is email my heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com. Two is spelled T-W-O. We have a question from Durga. Durga, subject line. Eye candy. This must be about us. (laughs) Oh. Hi, Mats. It's been a quiet summer this year, so my best friend and I are doing this new thing where we watch random movies just for the hot main character <laughs> slash actor. I think, That's funny. think Anna just for uh, Killian Murphy and the River Runs Through It just for 90s Brad Pitt. Mm. Do you have any recs for me where, good movie or not, you think the leading male actor is just impossibly dreamy? Also, for SAG purposes, I will definitely not watch these movies.
1: <laughs> no, SAG says you can watch them. Just don't. Encourage others to watch them. Or don't promote them, I guess. We're,
0: inc- we're encouraging people to watch hot, sag actors. Absolutely.
1: Um, I mean, you mentioned Brad Pitt. And I haven't actually seen Thelma and Louise, but I've seen clips of him in that movie. Unbelievable. I also think him in Fight Club, very hot. And I think Dermot Mulroney in anything is was mm. my 90s fave. I most frequently watch him in um, The Family Stone, which you know is my yearly viewing. Um, and so I enjoy that. I you know, haven't seen any of the Creed's, but you know, I feel about Michael B. Jordan and how I used to feel about fucking, um, who is the guy who... Uh, Jonathan Majors? Jonathan Majors. He's in Creed 3. And I so the thing is, I saw all of the like, paparazzi pictures of them on set and was like, amazing, amazing, great job, great job. But now it's like, I can't. Now it's nothing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it was,
0: only, it was only around for a short period of time. I know. It's
1: just so weird for yeah. someone. And also everyone in Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> that's, oh, that's yeah. That's not the most beautiful cast of people. Gorgeous, Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Unbelievable.
0: I'm a very, I I don't, I, I never knew that people really did this. But like a lot of people sometimes go like watch things just because someone is hot. I've never been able to relate to that. I don't know. I'm always like, I can Google them and look at regular pictures of them.
1: Remember that sitcom I watched with the guy from Law & Order? Uh, oh, you butt. were obsessed
0: with him, Chris Maloney. Chris Maloney, you were obsessed with him for a period of I time, mean, and I was like, he's been famous for a while. It's interesting that you're just getting on this. He's hot bandwagon,
1: but now. you know I'm not watching Law and Order. So when he was on a sort of network comedy, I was like, oh well, I should give this a watch. I should give, I should give uh, this a watch. Exactly, it seems educational. And my memory is that it was good, um, but I definitely remember he looked great now.
0: Uh, so as far as my choices go, there is literally no one who has ever been more appealing as a potential husband in film or television than Sean Astin in the Lord of the Rings movies you and Sean Sam Astin Samwise In the Lord of the Rings movies is the perfect (laughs) man. Like that is the type of guy I fall for. Mm. Like just sweet best friend, little hobbity, like (laughs) little hobbity. hobbity. Like everyone knows, like my heart melts whenever he is on screen. It was my first
1: celebrity crush. So
0: I recommend the Lord of the Rings. Wow. that's If you want to see some hot actors.
1: Hey, everybody likes what they like. I don't know if I could pick Sean Astin out of a lineup, but I've heard his name so many times only from you.
0: He's the adorable one with the splashy
1: S. Are you talking about Lord of the Rings? Yeah, or, well, or Lord just of in general. Rings, yeah, he's oh, the adorable one. I haven't just, seen. I haven't seen Lord that, of the
0: Rings. That carries Frodo up the mountain. Some,
1: like I feel like I've had several high school maybe teachers trying to show us that movie, and as soon as I see the big wide shot of like you know the land or whatever, fall straight asleep.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of what other movies where I've just been like blown away by someone's. Lo- I mean, I, the thing with like hot actors is. They're kind of like a dime a dozen to me. Mm. Like I need like a personal, like a personal connection, like emotional connection with them. Like a uh, Sean Astin in (laughs) Lord of the Rings. I will say, like Paul Mescal in After Sun, is just such a loving and like also tortured character. Mm. Like that, it's so. Attra- like the thing that makes Paul Mescal so attractive to me is is like you can tell him as a person is just so cool and like so nice he does and seem so cool and nice. that like when he comes on screen I'm kind of like oh I'd love to date someone like him and
1: Paul Mescal and normal people I've uh, never seen normal people who, that he's gorgeous Paul Mescal
0: gorgeous. in oh what's the movie where the um oh, Olivia Coleman uh, and Dakota Johnson and uh, uh was nominated for a few I forget what the movie's called. It came out in twenty twenty one. It got mm. two Oscar nominations. Um like Jesse Buckley was nominated as well. It's a great movie. The Lost Daughter. Okay. Um I think that was the first thing I ever saw him in. And immediately I was just like, he seems like a sweetheart. <laughs> it's like and even his character, if I remember vaguely, is supposed to be like a like a little not necessarily douchey, but like he's mm. you know, does some things not great, yeah, from what I remember, I could be wrong, but I'm still just like, but that you can tell that actor's a sweetheart, <laughs> well, I love that, yeah, so i I'm more like personally emotionally attracted to actors in oh, movies I than like, that's... oh, this person's hot because right. like, they're all, if they weren't hot, they wouldn't be in a movie, that's true, it's like, a prerequisite it's pretty much a prerequisite like I would not kick anyone famous out of bed <laughs> like let's get real, um, so the next question, yes, I don't know if it's a question, but it's more of a dragging. <laughs> It's from our dear friend Brian, Hi, who we Brian. saw this weekend because yes. his son turned one years old. It's true. As those of you may remember, may recall, last week...
1: <laughs> there was some set piece confusion.
0: Matt Palmer had a question. I did. That I thought was a silly question. <laughs> uh, he asked, what is a set piece? Yes. And me being the... Theater person with the theater background. You also
1: have a film. Okay, you're a film producer. Listen, let's I be am, serious. I am
0: self-taught in the film industry. Okay. I, okay. I, I, can't say that is my background. Because okay. theater will always be my background. Okay. And in theater, a set piece is what it fucking sounds like—a piece of set. <laughs> Oh, and so apparently I was explaining to Matt Palmer, like, why are you confused? A set piece is a piece of set. Apparently I was completely wrong. Yes, and then up. when we, even when we corrected ourselves in the podcast last week, I was like, oh, it seems like maybe it's a Marvel thing. Like people in the chat are saying, it's like, oh, like a Marvel sequence. Apparently that was wrong as well. <laughs> apparently we just made fools of ourselves. You keep saying podcast. we and
1: no, no, you.
0: Girl, you <laughs> I, were a part of it.
1: I am a person who didn't know something and asked a question of someone who is a film buff, a super film person so I'm not going to put myself as a very much a novice in the film arts in the Wii category so it can be a royal Wii if you'd like I feel great this is
0: two game acts we go down together alright <laughs> okay, so sorry. Brian says the set piece of it all Hi, Gay Mats. I'm pretty surprised Matt Steele did not have the common film definition of what a set piece is. Got him. It it basically just refers to a big elaborate scene or sequence of scenes with a big set that is essential to the scene. But seems to refer to several things and then gives the whole Wikipedia um, (laughs) definition. He says, so in Barbie, my perspective would be that the biggest set piece scenes are the opening musical sequence and the beach war. But see, Hmm. my thing is, it's a it's a sequence. I call those things sequences, which Brian also does in this explanation as well. I love it's the, a you, you
1: argue with a definition. Like, Listen, set piece clearly is something to people. It's a sequence. You can't disagree with the definition.
0: Unrelated, I think you guys hit a new record for using the phrase the blank of it all in your latest episode. Thank I, you. I estimate seven to 10 times, <laughs> and I actually haven't even finished listening to the episode yet. You know, actually, one of your listeners might chime in and tell you what a set piece is before the episode ends, and I wouldn't know <laughs> it yet. Anyway, not sure if these are analytics you are tracking but thought you'd like to know. I mean, we could like I have that, that be something we put on merch. <laughs> and so Matt, Brian, uh, he finished the episode, and uh, he gave a follow-up email. says, the Marvel of it all. Okay, I've listened to the full episode now, and you did get closer to the common usage. (laughs) However, Marvel did not invent the phrase set piece. This phrase has been used for decades in the industry. If we want to attribute the concept to someone, it's probably Alfred Hitchcock, who believed every film should have three set piece scenes, a fact that I learned today from set piece Wikipedia page. (laughs) Alfred Hitchcock, who's that? Never heard of heard of of him. Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock a mania. How That's many number already, ones does she have? How many number ones does she have? <laughs> Zero at that. No Mariah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we should get rid of the term set piece and call them what they are sequences. <sighs>
1: I am happy to have learned something thank you so much for all the feedback two different perspectives two different perspectives (laughs) Matt Steele yes I have a question for you yes what's been giving you moments darling okay
0: so two things yes I saw Oppenheimer this week how is it it's great it's so smart I love how Christopher Nolan like you know my thoughts on movies that feel like a a big long ballet Mm. there is not a moment of silence in this movie except for like some key important moments (laughs) right Um, and it the way he uses music just throughout the entire Entire thing, it's constantly moving. It's it's
1: constantly engaging.
0: I will say it is also like three hours of men saying other men's names over and over again. <laughs> I saw you
1: tweet that, and I'm like, that makes me feel like I shouldn't see.
0: Literally it. every scene is just like two guys talking together. Like, well, Bradberg says, well, Hitchens says this, <laughs> well, Michaels says this, and it's like, okay, wait, wait a minute, let me oh, let's take a pause. I need to like connect the dots because all these men also have like these jobs that are. Not just basic jobs like senator or mm. like soldier or something. They all have like very specific roles in this uh, movie. Okay. So Sometimes I am like, whoa, 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 let's, uh, let me try to figure this out. But then at the end it comes together and I'm like, okay, got it. But it, it is just very funny. It's a lot of men saying each other's names. But Do you, you know what? I would like it? A- Oh, no. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Okay, good to know. Thank you. I, 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 I enjoyed it very, very much. It's very smart, very well done and everything. But I don't know if it's for you. Okay. But I, you know, I always encourage you to broaden your horizons when it comes to cinema. Sure.
1: And yeah. I did with learning what a set piece was.
0: Yes, exactly. Yes. You are on your way to loving Oppenheimer. I will give you a couple years before you might start to love Oppenheimer. Fair. Yes. But you know what also is just... An endless cycle of a bunch of people saying each other's names over and over again.
1: What is that? Big Brother. Oh Lord, I forgot. (laughs) I literally forgot we were talking about this. Sorry. Go on, guys. Get my head around it. It's
0: everyone's favorite time of year. Big Brother has started, and I have to say, this year's cast is. Fucking glorious. They are so, every single one of them is so likable. Every single one of them is playing the game so hard. There are so many messy people. I'm in love with it. The premiere happened on Wednesday and uh, <laughs> the premiere, I will say, was a little slow. Okay. it's uh, For the past couple of years, they've been doing live move-ins, which mm. the fans really are not a big fan of because it's a lot of like people entering and not knowing what to do and right. sort of Julie being like, are you excited? And they're like, Yeah, because they're like afraid to talk right because they're afraid they're going to do something wrong because they're on live TV and they did these like competitions that one of the competitions was like they had to like pull this thing uh, where they had to like kick themselves in the butt like a hundred times and whoever like did it the slowest was nominated. Oh, like it was very silly. But one of the competitions was they're laying down on the ground holding on to a like these handles and they're being dragged by their feet by like Mm. this rope. And it's supposed to be like an endurance competition, but it's happening on live TV. So, and you have no sense of like how hard they're being pulled mm. and they're face down. So you can't even see them making faces going, uh, uh, and you can tell that producers thought that like the competition would be a lot shorter mm-hmm. than it ended up being because Julie Chen was there just like, wow, you guys sure are hanging on. It was like, <laughs> it was like 10 minutes of silence and Yikes. watching these people get pulled, but you didn't know how hard they were getting pulled the 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 Premiere was a mess, but that's why I love Big Brother. The cast, I'm just like looking at the feeds, following the feeds. They are so much fun. First of all, the house is evenly divided down the middle, which we
1: all love. That's good. There's not, like a big alliance that's taking everybody out,
0: yes. And, like, uh, there is Suri from Survivor who's like a Survivor legend who everyone loves um, who has entered the house um, as sort of like the special 17th house guest or whatever mm. and there's a rumor that there's gonna be an 18th house guest. There's suspicion that it's Derek X from Big Brother 23 but no one really knows for sure. Okay. Um, so in the uh, premiere you just see like Sari like they walk into the house after the competitions and Sari's just standing there and you can tell that some of them have no idea who she is. Right. <laughs> and like they're supposed to be excited but like... They don't know what to right. do. They're just like, who's this woman? <laughs> but um, there's a, a woman named Izzy. She is a lesbian flautist. And she <laughs> grabs this guy who is actually Ceri's son who is also in the house. Mm. And she grabs him and she just on live TV, but you don't hear it because the credits are rolling. You see her go, I know that Sari is your mother. I know, you, I follow Sari. I love Survivor. You are her son. No. And he was just like, oh my God, oh my God. And she's like, don't worry, I'll keep your secret. And you see them like, pinky swear on live TV and you're just like, wait, wait, things are getting exciting. <laughs> don't end the show. <laughs> don't end the show. Um, And the fact that Suri is there initially had me a little nervous okay. that, you know, like, oh God, are they going to rig this season for her? Like, she has such an advantage because she's like, famous and a legend yeah. and also she got a, a week. of of like immunity essentially um, because of how the twist worked this first week, which I'm not a huge fan of the twist, but I won't get into that. (laughs) Um, And so I was a little worried that um, the season would kind of just be like her steamrolling, Mm. but I really don't think it is because everyone in this house is scrambling. There is a woman who is the oldest woman uh, ever cast on big brother. The oldest before was Rennie from season 10, who is an icon. uh, but her name is Felicia Cannon, and she is 63 years old. Wow. And so she is just one of the best casting decisions they have made in so long. She is so much fun. You, her, She has the biggest cackle that is so endearing and infectious. You hear her laugh from, like, across the house. Like, the feeds are <laughs> so her. funny because you'll be in one room, and it'll be quiet, and you'll just hear Felicia being like, ah! She's so great, and she she fell into the uh, jacuzzi uh, yesterday, (laughs) and uh, because they opened up the backyard, and you watch them like run around the backyard because they're excited to be free, and then you hear a a small cackle, and then (laughs) and you hear what are like. Hitting a microphone and everyone going, "Oh no, Felicia! They said you we can't go in the hot tub yet. It's not ready." And she's just like, "No, I fell. <laughs> she fell into the hot tub. She is just great, and she's also very, very strategic. Wow. She and Suri are, you know, I think Suri's like in her fifties, and mm. they, of course, have bonded. They're the mothers of the house, and Felicia just flat out asks people. She's sitting down with this girl. This is spoiler alerts, by the way, <laughs> okay. guys. So. Uh, she's sitting down with Riley, who is the head of household, and she, she and Suri are, you know, sitting on opposite ends of Riley, and they're just like listening to her. And Felicia just goes, "So, um, who, who is in your? And you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but." who are you aligned with? <laughs> and you see Suri on the other side of the couch, just being like, like, <laughs> like give a jolt. I love it. It looks like she's being electrocuted for a split second. Cause she's just like, did this bitch just really flat out ask Iconic. Riley who she is in her alliance? Like that, that's not going to work. But then Riley just so stupidly just goes, well, I'm really close with Jag no. and me and blue really have a connection. and, and, Riley's just spilling all this information to Felicia and Siri. Why would Riley do that? It's just I don't know because <laughs> I guess because they're both like mothers, they're both comforting, and and it's just so funny like watching them on opposite ends of the couch, just these two motherly figures just nodding as this twenty four year old girl is just spilling oh, and ruining God. her because because she's on the opposite side of the right, house, of course, from Felicia and Siri and their um, alliance. And so it's just so hilarious. I mean, there are so many funny things. There's this guy, um, uh, uh, Hissam, who is uh, who just hates this kid Corey for no reason. Like, <laughs> it's so. And that's the best type of rivalry is when people hate each other for no reason. <laughs> like, it's it's just a really really great cast. I'm really excited. It's been nothing but great gameplay. Um, unfortunately, it looks like uh, Kirsten is going to be the first person eliminated, mm. even though the um, The Twitter, the Big Brother Twitter world really loves her because she's a little messy. Oh. And she is having a lot of fun talking to the cameras and being like, they think that they're going to get me and they're not.
1: Are they getting? Out? And then it's awkward, <laughs> and she
0: has like an awkward moment of silence where she like sips tea, mm. and it's like, girl, they're getting you. They're getting like me. you're yeah. going. It's it's the the characters are really just fun, um, and I have to say I like both sides of the house, like both alliances has people that I really really love. My money right now on who I think could potentially take it the farthest is this guy Jag. He seems very strategic, has a very good social game. Um, yeah, I, so that I'm calling it now, but I could be wrong.
1: All right. Well, I'm excited. I feel like often you come in very happy initially, and I hope that yes. happiness continues. But it seems like there are more characters you're excited about versus like, oh, there are these five girls, and they're my favorite. It's like, okay, maybe... Throughout this season, there will always be someone on screen that you care about and want to win. Yeah. It's, yeah?
0: it's there. A lot of seasons start off really exciting, and then sometimes they just right. become so boring. And hopefully that's not this. I don't think this will be the case. Okay. Yeah. So... I'm I'm excited about it. Stay tuned for more Big Brother chats. You can tune it. I'll be talking about it on Chatty Kathy's podcast. <laughs> Chatty
1: Kathy's our- podcast. Ch- what do I said say? said Chatty.
0: Whatever. Chatty Kathy's <laughs> podcast. Yes. If you want to hear more in depth, go discussion. to
1: patreon.com/slash/two game for that. Um, I will be short and sweet. I watched the first season of The Bear over the week. Oh, over damn. Over the past weekend. Because I was, we were like running out of shows to watch. It's an easy 30-minute show. The first season's only eight episodes. And the rumors are true. It is excellent. And it's also very fucking stressful. Like, every, the first... Like three or so episodes, I was like, I maybe cannot watch this. Like, it just makes working in a kitchen look like hell. Sure, like the amount of stress and like anxiety and the like the orders coming in so quickly and having to fill it just made it. I was like, who would want to work in a kitchen specifically? But you know, no shade. A little at a restaurant, it just seems like so much pressure and so much like immediate work that the time is always ticking down. Also,
0: of. a lot of heat. It's very it's heat. very hot. You're I, very hot.
1: I don't think I'm built that way. I will say, as the season went on, there were lighter episodes. It was so great getting to know some of the people who worked in the kitchen better and like their own solo journeys. Uh, Jeremy Allen White uh, does a great job, as does our, our friend who was also in theater camp. Mm. Um, Io, Io, I need to look up her name. She's amazing. A uh, o Edabiri. Excuse me if I've said her name wrong, but she is so funny and like just winning like she's someone that you're rooting for the entire time even though sometimes she does things where it's like girl that's not that's not (laughs) it Uh, but I very much appreciated her and I feel like there's also a pastry chef and this isn't a spoil because it's truly just conjecture on my part because I'm only one episode into season two I think the pastry chef and she are gonna have a thing like they seem to be like they were and the they, she, they basically come in and like Jeremy Allen White and she are coming from like a high-end world and they're taking over this restaurant that used to be owned by Jeremy Allen White's brother but he passed away tragically and so and left the restaurant to him and so he's coming back and trying to transform this like Italian beef very scruffy Chicago place into like an upscale restaurant and like trying to put measures in place to make it more like you know the upscale restaurants he's worked in and the past. And a lot of the people who have worked there don't want to change their ways. They've been there for decades. Like, why are we changing this up? What's happening here? And to see those people work and get excited about their work kind of for the first time. And like, oh, I'm now improving. Like, there's this one woman. Um, I think the character's name is maybe Tina. I forget. But she... Is such a fucking bitch to our friend who is coming in and trying to make things better. I, the character that Ao plays, and just trying to make things better, and she's so rude and awful to her. But as soon as finally they break down that wall, they're so lovely together. And so I'm excited. We've begun season two, and I've heard people making comparisons to This Is Us, which we all know is my show. Wait, and the bear
0: compared to This Is yes. Us? Yes,
1: people are like This Is Us are like it take a heartwarming turn in season two. Okay. And I'm excited for my heart to be warmed because they had some moments of that, but like the beginning was so stressful and then there were like a couple of episodes in the middle that were stressful. Then that finale episode was so stressful. So I'm excited for them to catch a break and for me as a viewer to catch a break because I'm interested, I'm invested, but I just want to be a little bit more heart-warmed, a little more uplifted. I know I just shout on uh, Heartstopper for being too uplifting. <laughs> there's a happy medium. We don't want to go all the way to Lizzo, Ellen, Generous level, but there's a happy medium. Well, you know? there's a happy
0: medium to positivity.
1: Absolutely. Yes.
0: I I will say, though, the thing with, you know... Uh, the heartwarmingness of a show. It's like the heartwarmingness comes later after you've established the stress. Yes. And you know? maybe that's what's happening. Yeah. And that—that that is good character building. Absolutely. I will say. It seems like the Bear and Oppenheimer are very similar. Okay. Very stressful. Yes.
1: Very high pressure situations. Yes. A, little a little bit of heat. 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 Yeah. Well, guys, this was so great. Thank you guys so much for listening, for watching. Um, is there anything else you want to tell the people before we say goodbye? I don't think so. Thank you guys again. We'll talk to you next week around this time at 2 D Mats the podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>